Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. Okay, so welcome to episode number four. This episode, we're going to be talking about setting up a specific music production folder. This is really, really important to stay organized, okay? So before we get into it, I just want to talk about a few things. So first of all, if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, if you guys can leave a review on however you listen to these podcasts. In addition, I just want to say as well, these podcasts are going to help you learn and just kind of give you a different mind perspective. But to really, truly learn FL Studio, you guys can come check out my membership. I have 16 FL Studio courses and, you know, I'm going to show you step-by-step how to improve your productions. That's going to be a way to really speed you up and learn the right way to make music, to make beats and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So if you guys want to check out the membership, just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash learning. You guys will see the FL Studio courses tab there. Just click that and proceed with sign up and you guys will, you know, improve your productions tremendously. Okay. Okay, so let's get into the episode. So this is all about setting yourself up for the long term as a music producer. So over my years, when I was making my beats, I was really unorganized. I would just create a project. I would save it pretty much like wherever. And then like I wouldn't save like the sounds to back up. And then let's say later on, I really liked that song. If I updated FL Studio or if I ever like transferred to like a new computer, if I went to go open up that old project, you know, I had missing files. And it's just the worst experience that you can have as a music producer because, you know, really we only have so much time in the day and you want to spend all that time making your music right so over the years I actually started to set up this specific music production folder and I'm going to walk you through it but just to let you know I do have a course on this okay the course is actually called a specific music production folder I'll walk you through step by step you know how I create the folder why I create the subfolders and then why I label my files certain ways and stuff like that just to prevent missing files okay but no worries you know i'm going to walk you through generally how it works but again when you can see visually it's going to help you learn okay so i have three main points i want to cover with you in this episode okay so again creating that main music production folder which holds everything to do with your music production i'm talking projects sounds as well as if you offer services like mixing and mastering and stuff like that I'm going to explain, you know, keeping this folder structure really, really simple and easy to find your files. And then also setting up a proper backup solution that's all automated. That's the key. You don't want to have to maintain this backup solution. You know, you might want to check it every once in a while to make sure that it is actually backing up, but you want to automate it. Okay. So first of all, what are the benefits of setting up a specific music production folder? So again, it prevents missing files. Again, that's like the worst thing as a music producer. Open up a project, you have missing files, you have to figure out how to fix it. And sometimes if you have a missing file and you can never find it again, your song will never be the same. Next is super easy file management. You know exactly where things are. It's also easy to transfer computers at a later date. Nowadays with computers advancing so fast all the time, it's not surprising to get a new computer every four to like six years. And then it's also easy to keep things in sync across multiple computers if you use something like Dropbox for this folder. Okay, so let's talk about the main actual music production folder. Okay, so what you want to do is you want to create a music production folder that pretty much just holds everything to do with music production. So 
you know, I would actually label this music production folder music production. And then I create subfolders inside of here. So for myself, I'm a recording artist. So I create a folder called albums. I also create a folder called beat tapes, but then I also create a folder called sounds. And then inside of sounds, I actually have two folders, one for my one shot samples, you know, to build like my drum loops and stuff like that. And then I have one for my VSTs. Now it gets a little tricky because with VSTs, if you're dealing with VST threes, uh, well, VST threes have to be installed into that commons file folder. That makes it a little bit tricky because then you can't just store everything in this music production folder. And then what I do, so I actually create a folder for each vendor. Okay. So again, if I'm in the sounds folder, then I have two folders, one for my one shot sounds and then one for my VSTs. So if I go into the sounds folder, let's say I'm working with a company like exclusive audio. They're a company I really, really like for sounds, super, super high quality. I create a folder called exclusive audio and then any sound kits that I would purchase from them, I literally just drag that folder into exclusive audio and then I can easily just access their sounds. It allows me to stay really organized and I know exactly where the files are. Um, and then the same with the VSTs, I create a folder for each vendor I purchase a VST from. And then what I typically do is I will actually drag the executable file, you know, to actually install the VST and I'll leave that in there. And many times I'll even leave like the license code there too. It's just for convenience as well as, you know, if I ever transfer computers, you know, and I'm starting up like a brand new computer installing FL Studio, I know all the actual VSTs I had before. I have all like the licensing right there. I don't have to go to each website, you know, now maybe to update the VST. Yeah, I might go to the website and, and you know, download it to update it, but at least I know what VSTs I had. Okay. That's kind of my workflow and something I've liked over the years. Okay. In addition, I also create a folder for clients. Um, and then I'll just uh, create a folder for their name. And then if I did like mixing and mastering services with them, many times leaving a text file inside of each project that you work with them can really help you too. like, uh, you know, if you offered revisions or as well as, you know, what like your rate was with them or, you know, stuff like that, just cause you know, it's easy to forget stuff. I also create a folder for sound design and this is just everything separate. If I'm going to create free presets or a preset pack to sell or whatever, I just do all my sound design in that folder. Okay. And now that your music production folder is created and then you've created your subfolders within that music production folder. So let's talk about beat tapes, for example, because again, I've taken more of like the beat tape approach. I feel that the benefits is like, it just allows you to spend your time into a project where you can release and people can enjoy like a whole compilation of your sounds. It creates a series for people to follow. It just allows me as a producer, I personally feel to balance my time better rather than just creating single beats, just one off beats for people to listen to. In the beat tapes folder, I create a folder for each beat tape that I'm working on. So for example, I have beat tapes by Gratuitous Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, and at the moment, I'm looking at the folder right now, I'm working on Volume 9, okay? So inside of, let's say, Volume 8, which is already released, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go into it. So what I do is I create a folder called like artwork, uh, demo compilation. That's what I use to kind of uh, advertise uh, what the beat tape sounds like. And I just kind of uh, fade in and fade out from track to track with some effects uh, just to give a taste test. I have a folder called Mastered. That's my official files, which I would be uploading to something like DistroKid to get on Spotify, iTunes and stuff like that. I have a folder called Mixed. This is the most important one. I'm going to come back to it. Then I also create a folder uh, with the, the MP3. The MP3 would be like what I would um, send off to on like my website if you want like a free download and I make sure to ID3 tag that and what ID3 tagging does is it allows you to put metadata into the actual file such as like the title, the name, even like your website as well as the artwork. Okay, so if someone double clicks the song, 
and it opens up on like iTunes or, you know, uh, however you listen to your music, you're going to see the artwork there. And again, it's just a branding thing. And then with the MP3 folder on Windows anyways, you can right click it, you go to send to and then you go compressed zipped folder. OK, and then that makes it a zipped file. That is what I would share uh, for my website to download. So again, a quick recap. So I create a music production folder. I created the BTAPES folder. Inside of the BTAPES folder, I create a folder for each project I'm working on. Currently, I'm in volume eight. So BTAPES by Gratuitous volume eight. Now we're going to go into the mixed folder, okay? So the mixed folder is where each of the songs or the beats for this beat tape are stored. And I will create a folder for each project, okay? So for each song name. So for example, I'm working with a song right now and it's just called Ambition. So if I double click into Ambition, so what I have done in this folder is I have stored the FLP and that is the FL Studio project. That's the saved file for FL Studio. Then in addition, I also create another folder in here. I will typically label it the acronym of the name. So for example, if the song name was uh, Climb Our Way, I would put COW-Sounds. And then within FL Studio, if you go File, Export, and then Project Data Files, that is what I do to back up all the individual sounds of that song. And then that goes into just that sounds folder. And that's really important. So what happens is this project now becomes like its own entity. It doesn't matter if I delete any sounds out of the sounds folder because this project, this song has all of its sounds backed up. Now, one little gotcha here you got to be careful of. At the moment, FL Studio does not back up Edison or Slicex. So you have to make sure to drag Slicex or Edison into this sounds folder just to really back yourself up to be, you know, just to be safe. And one thing I've started to do over the years, especially when I'm recording audio, okay, like vocals or whatever, is I use the acronym of the song before verse one. So for example, if it was like climb our way again, okay, so C-O-W, I would put C-O-W dash verse one. And the reason why I do this is because now that file name is typically going to be original. Like, you know, I'm probably not going to have another song name, C-O-W. Um, and the reason why I do this is because now if we go into how FL Studio loads in sounds, okay? So this is really important that if you are ever going to, you know, transfer a new computer, which does happen, right? Or if you start moving around files and folders, because if you're not organized and if you start listening to this and you take my advice to create one music production folder, uh, FL Studio isn't going to know where the sounds are and stuff. And this is where you can get like the missing files. And I'm telling you, it's a horrible experience. So in my beginnings, this, you know, I did get the missing files, but over the years, you know, from creating new projects within this music production folder, it's now set me up and I'm super organized. I never have missing files and I'm good to go. Okay. So how FL Studio loads in files is it uses like the user data folder, or you have like the browser extra search folders, or you can actually have an actual project folder. If you hit F10, go to the project tab, you can actually assign a folder for each project. And what that does is when FL Studio opens up, it reads through all of these folders, which you've told it to. Okay. And it's going to look for all the sounds. And if it can't find the sounds, it's going to say missing files. Okay. So with that said, how FL Studio works is that now let's say you had two different songs. Okay. But they both had vocals and let's say verse one was labeled verse one in the first song. Then you go to the second song and you label it verse one the exact same way. Now, again, if you go to a new computer um, and you go to open up a project, again, what FL Studio does is it loads through these folders that you have told it to and it's going to find the first verse one. 
And what's going to happen is now you're going to listen and you're going to be like, whoa, 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 that is not the same verse one for this song. Then you have to go and find the right verse one, drag it in. And it's just like I'm telling you, it's like when you're producing music, you want your time to be spent producing music. And if it keeps pulling you away about these missing files and stuff, it's just really, really annoying. So this is why I put the acronym COW dash verse one or whatever, and then this will make it unique. So if FL Studio cannot find the file, at least it's gonna pop up and say, you know, missing files. Now, the worst thing you can do in FL Studio if you have a missing file is to hit save, okay? Because when you save, you're essentially telling FL Studio, yes, I want the project with missing files. And it's like, well, no, you do not want the file with missing files. First of all, find where the actual verse is, drag the FLP, the FL Studio project, into the, the sounds folder because again if you use the export project data files this uh, backs up the individual sounds now when you open up your project everything should be good to go but at the end of the day by putting the acronym in front of verse one it's really going to help you out it's just something that i have done in my later years of producing and it's just set me up so that i never have this uh, if i have verse one twice that i'm not pulling in a random verse one into my song so i just want to quickly talk about this user data folder over the years the user data folder it is like a really really good idea but it has caused a lot of people a lot of headaches and just from my readings and stuff online this is where i've now just decided that I'm going to actually just create my own music folder. I'm not going to have my files uh, a part of FL Studio because like when they update, you know, they change things around. They've also changed around like the folder structure for this user data folder. Um, and it's just like I'm saying, like over the years, it's caused people like missing files and just headaches. But anyways, like the user data folder, the whole purpose of it is to store like sounds and everything. And if you're dealing with like Slicex or Edison, it stores these files for you. And also like I within file so again if you hit f10 you go to like the file tab this is where you can actually see like the user data folder but you can also set like your backup setting here i recommend setting it to frequently every five minutes because fl studio will back up even when fl studio is playing whereas the other options do not back up when fl studio is playing again you guys can always hit f1 on these windows a help menu will pop up and you can read more info into it but what i'm trying to say so in the user data folder you know like it stores all these different things about your project such as like this auto backup as well as if you've dragged sounds in i am actually manually backing up this song and i'm just kind of taking things into my own hand this way i am organized i don't have to worry about fl studio touching any of my stuff and i'm just making sure that i'm backed up and i'm organized again when it comes to slicex and edison i'm also dragging those into that sounds folder now the next thing i want to talk about is how to actually back up your music now i'm not just talking about with like the fl studio and stuff like that i'm talking about hardware and stuff okay i'm going to quickly cover it but if you guys want an in-depth article i've written one okay it's like uh the best way to back up an fl studio just check out the resource section on this page again this is episode number four just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash podcast find episode four go to the resource section and you guys will easily find the blog post about backing up okay it's an in-depth article and typically what i'm talking to you about is you know how to back up fl studio to save all your sounds what hard drives and software that you need as well as how to back up okay so i'm just going to kind of quickly cover this okay so how i approach it is this music production folder i actually store it in a cloud service for example like dropbox okay the reason why i do this is for one 
it's backing it up for me. Okay. So that's one source of backing up when you're backing up because see in your very, very beginnings, if this, if this is just like a hobby for you, it's not too big of a deal, but once you actually start releasing your music publicly, such as like on Spotify and stuff like that, it's like your releases are now like products. You have to treat it as if it's like, you never want to lose this because it's, it's official. It's, it's what people are listening to. So you want to have multiple forms of backups. So again, Dropbox, it's a cloud service as well as it backs up your files, okay? So that's one form of backing up. In addition, you're also gonna want to have real hard drives, okay? So, you know, the prices come down drastically. So, you know, typically I have actually two hard drives in addition to Dropbox, and then I use a software called Acronis True Image. Um, there's other softwares out there. Acronis has been pretty good to me. Sometimes it's kind of hit and miss, but at the end of the day, it is backing up my software and it's working, okay? So what it does, you just assign your hard drives within the software, you tell them what hard drives do you wanna back up. So for hard drives that are actually always being in use in my computer, like that I'm using, I actually have two hard drives. One's a solid state hard drive, you know, that's where you install Windows as well as like your software such as FL Studio, and that just allows it to open up faster and take advantage of the SSD. And then I have another hard drive, which is just for like my sounds and kind of saving the files. Okay. So it's not taking the storage of the solid state. And then what I do is I buy like two external hard drives and then I plug those into USB and then I assign those in a Cronus True Image to back up the two hard drives inside of my computer. So there's different ways that you can back up. I actually use the incremental backup system. And the reason why that nice is because it doesn't slow down the computer like forever because you know if you've ever experienced you know doing backups over the years like whenever you do a full backup it just takes forever it kind of slows down your computer a little bit and it's just kind of really always annoying right so what the incremental backups do is let's say it's over a seven day period okay so on the first day it's going to do a full backup so yes you know it goes through the full backup but you can also set the timing for example you can always leave your computer on but if you go to work during the day just make sure that you know it backs up during the day so that it doesn't affect you but then what happens is the other six days it just backs up what you've changed so you know if i've worked on like a new project or bought a new sound kit and you know added it onto the hard drives or whatever it just backs that stuff up. So it speeds up the whole backing up process tremendously. And that's pretty much it for backing up. It's really that simple. It's just a matter of getting some hard drives, some backup software. And then in addition, since you have Dropbox, that's also another form of backing up. Uh, another cool thing with Dropbox is because it's a cloud service, you know, you can install it on multiple computers and it's really easy to access your sounds and it keeps it all in sync with all your other computers. So just taking this approach is just super, super minimal, super, super easy, as well as it's just another form of backing up and keeping you safe. One last thing I'll talk to you about is a firebox. So you don't have to get one, but if you are really, really serious about your music, it is something to look into. And what a firebox is, is if a fire happens in your home, that box is supposed to be safe. Okay. So I also buy other hard drives and what I'll do is whenever I'm done releasing a new beat tape or whatever I will drag it onto that hard drive and then when I'm done I will drop that hard drive into the firebox uh, typically like they come with like a key or whatever you know I'm not too concerned about like the key stuff but I'm just concerned that it's inside of that you know that firebox okay so that's one other thing that you can think about they're not super super expensive but it's just that one little extra security measure because again once you're releasing your music publicly uh, it's just one of those things that you want to save and back up okay so that's just a little overview of my own music production folder 
I'm serious. It has saved me so much time. It's made things way easier from when I first started. Again, if you want a step-by-step walkthrough, come check out the course. It's called a specific music production folder on my website. It's gratuitous.com. All the links that I've talked about in this episode are going to be in the resource section. Again, if you guys want to support this podcast, it's only $5 a month. You just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash podcast. You guys will see a support button and you guys can subscribe and help out the podcast. I would also really appreciate if you guys would leave a review you know, help this podcast grow. And if you guys have questions, just come to the podcast page, go to the actual episode. You're going to see an image for Ask Gratuitous. Ask me a question and I can answer it in the next episode. Okay, so thanks for checking it out. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode.